So I, I'm not zayich to be here as often as I used to be. Even then, I wasn't here so much. So, I have a couple of uh, hundreds of hours to talk to you. Some inyanim. Talk about something pleasant. Because the tev of a person is to remember is to remember dvarim shud. The tev is to be impressed with dvarim mesubachim, to be impressed with complicated things, but to forget them. And when it comes to simple things, the tev is to remember them, to try to use them. So, talk about dvarim shud and Since it's very Chaydish, and this year we have the schus to have an Ibiyar. We have the schus to have two months of Mishnah this Adam Ab Nesemcha. Two months. And since we see from the Gemara that the Chilukim between other Aleph and other Bays, but when it comes to Simcha, it doesn't say there's a Chiluk. Say that there are Chilukim, Yikum Megillah, Yishtav Simcha. Question of Purim Katan, but when it comes to Simcha, Mishnichnis Ada, Marbe Simcha, Pashta says that there's no chiluk between the first and second month. That means, since that's the since that's the simple truth, that Mishnichnis Ada, Marbe Simcha. So that means that all of you and myself are very happy right now. Aha. You don't, you don't look like that. <laughs> because you know, and I know, that you got stuff on your head, on your heads. I have stuff on my head. There are things in life that you're worried about. I hope nothing got to be serious. And there are things in life that I have on my head that I'm worried about. Even if your kids grow up and they get married, then you have grandchildren to worry about. You still worry about your children. So, Mishnichnas Adam Arab Besimcha. And they already start to sing Hallow to that niggin. I'm really tired of it, you know. I guess I'll, maybe over the time I'll develop a new taste for it. But it's not something that just happens to a person. I have a cheshik really. I came to this year because I'm not here on a regular basis, but I have a cheshik in shul to just talk about simcha for the next two months. Just the sugi of simcha. Oymig, knimis, anin of simcha. But that might not make anybody happier also. I don't know. Because at the end of the day, this Vasemis says, and I told this to you two years ago, some of you were here two years ago, that Mishanichnas Ada, this Vasemis says, doesn't mean when you reach that time on the calendar. Because when you come to the calendar and you say, oh, that doesn't necessarily make you happy. Mishinichnas Adah, so Asama says, means Mishinichnas Adah, when Adah comes into you. Mishinichnas Adah. If you allow Adah to penetrate into you, if you really get what Adah is, Mishinichnas Adah. If you really would do that, guaranteed, not a shayla. 
But that's really a big avoidance. Mission nichnas. For some people, that can only happen when the heart breaks. Some people, their heart is so cold, it's so stony, so hard that they can't feel happy, they can't feel sad. There are people that are like that, Hashem. Asirai, see, the Navi says, when Mashiach comes, I'll take away the life of stone heart. So some people, they can't experience happiness, they can't experience real joy. They don't, they hear news, good news, they don't feel happy, they hear bad news of it, it doesn't feel. If a person's heart is stone, then nothing goes in. So kaidem mishenichnas ada doesn't mean when you reach that day of Rosh Chodesh on the calendar. It's lav dafke. I, you know, the is such a good time. Chodesh, the month, it's a whole month. Okay, look. What am I supposed to do? You want me to be happy, but uh, you know, my 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 wife is leaving me. So what do you want me to do? You want me to be happy, my kids are off the dark. You want me to be happy, I lost my job. What do you mean? So what? But it says, So what if your wife is leaving? So what if your father's dying? It says, What's wrong with you? Not a joke. Do me a favor. Thank you, Thank you, Nigan. Go someplace else, right? That's saying it in a nice way. There are other ways to tell the guy to get lost. That's a nice way of saying it. I get lost with you, most people, it's only when something really gewaldic happens and they have a little bit of simcha. It's not enough. So Svasem means only if you allow that to come into you, if you bring that into you, Mishnechnes. And you all know that the Swami say that Adar is the easiest Aleph Dar, right? You know that. Aleph means Hashem, Alufa Shalolam. Aleph Dar. Alufa Shalolam. Dar. Dar means what? To live. So Mishnechnes, if a person at this time, is able to carve out from that stone heart an opening, a cavity, a place in which the infinite one can live. Then he'll be the same. That's the pshat according to Svasans. That's the pshat. Because it can't be that just it comes that time in the calendar and you're happy. No matter what a person's going through, if Misha Nichnas Ada, He's able to carve at that place to allow the Aleph to dar, the, the infinite one to live. Then there's no question, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what is in life. <coughs> Not just Besimcha, Ma'am Besimcha. Besimcha will increase and increase and increase. And not just on Purim, not just other. So, what does that mean? What can you and I think about? A simple, again, passion. A simple, simple machshava that I wanted to just share with you coming to the to this time. So, of course, this Ashgaha Pratis that the Baruch Shalom wanted that this time, at this time, that we should learn these parashis. We have the schus to have the two extra parashis of Tat, of Trum Tetzavah, by Shavim this year. That's an Ibiyar, it's a Shonim Ubaris, the sun and the moon are getting together. The two ways of counting time, which means the Zach and the Kaiva means Chasan Kalis, means Kushabichu Shritta. It's the deepest, deepest years, the deepest leap year. The 
sun is Hashem, the moon is Knesset Yisrael. We're aligning the calendars, the lunar calendar, the solar calendar, and the leap years, the Shalom Uberis. Uberis means when there's a yichud, there's pregnancy. Pregnancy, it's a year that's filled with so much potential. Hashem wants us to read these parashies now that are so foreign to us, are so strange to us. No matter how many, no matter how many times you've seen pictures of simulated mishkans, you know, or you've been to the model mishkan, it's like, you st- you'd still rather be in the Waldorf in your slime, no? And not only that, but these parashies, like, wow, all the dikdukim and the yukum. When I was a kid in Yeshiva, they made us memorize every single uh, part of the Mishkan, how many and all the psukhi, you have to memorize all that stuff. For many of us, that was the beginning of our Yerida. When we started Truman. Until that time, the stories were going okay. And we had some questions, but pretty much the stories were okay. The Shpatim got funny, you know. <coughs> but then by Truman, we were, we were, that was it, we're done. Because they didn't skip those parishes when we were kids. Maybe now they skip them. Because I see that when my grandchildren, even by my kids, when they came home from school, it was parishes Truma, and they're talking about like Purim. You know, they, <laughs> <laughs> they somewhat Truma. So I would always say, What's a Truma? And my wife would say, My shisli. They're learning about Purim. It's okay. What's, tell us about Purim. And I said, No, I want, to, I want to hear about Truma. And the kids look at me, What's, what's Truma? <laughs> so you never outgrow that. All the stuff from when we were kids, we never really outgrow it. So when it comes to Truma Tetzava, okay, then Kisisa has some cool stuff in it. Okay, Hegel's cool, right? But then it's Hayakal <laughs> It's a repeat of the misery of Truma Tetzava. And then starts the Karbanis then, Like this big Carlos and Gabby, like fressing, and what are the common fressing here, the Barishman's fressing? That's all like so strange to us. The Baruch Lomat, it should be Davke now, Shayyivimtad, and it should be Davke Purim, it should be Davke Mishnah Nisada, and it must be that this is the, this is a Yisod of how we are able to carve that opening and make it dearer in our hearts for the Baruch which is the secret to being Besim. Mishnah Nisada, Aleph Dar, Mar Besim. Because it's not a coincidence that we like these parashies now. Look, the whole Indian of the Mishkan and the Besamekdash is, is very, very, very strange. And you don't have to feel uncomfortable wondering about that because the smartest Jew that ever lived, the Shlomo Malach, and he himself like, said, You're infinite. The heavens and the heavens, heavens, the universe can't contain you. So, like, what's this thing about making a building? Like God's headquarters. What does that mean, God's place? The universe can't contain God, he's infinite. Half by is that. So, Shalom Al-Khos had problems with Pastor Trum. He also started to talk about Purim. You know, Purim didn't happen yet. But he got the, he talked about other Inyan. Shmaim, And not only that, if you look at the Ram, the Ram says, call yourself. Every Jew, Anoshim Benoshim, men and women, the Medrash even says Vetaf, children. The Ramam says Lahalachim, have to participate in the building of the Beis Some actually roll up their sleeves and work. 
Others, b'mamoynim, the Rambam says, financially, they, they, they pay, they give donations. See here, Shomar Malach is the smartest Jew that it was ever. He says, Shomayim, Shomayim, I don't get it. The universe can't contain God. How could I, what does this mean to have a building for God? And then, the, and then the, the Rambam says, that every single Jew, not just Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, not just the square Rebbe, every single Jew, Anoshim, Anoshim Vatan, even little children, everybody is going to now be involved in this project, building the Everybody has to get involved. And you say, you do what you can. One of the most beautiful moments in the history of our shul was when we when we, were, we began building this the new building. We, we were originally we were staying in a house and then in a school, and then we started building the building um, on, on Woodmere Boulevard. And one of the guys from shul had this great idea that we would have we would have the kids of the shul. Each kid from the shul would put in one of the bricks of the foundation uh, of the beginning of foundation. One of the bricks. And they made up t shirts. One of the guys from school got t shirts. I was at the bricklaying, and you know, with the kid's name. It was a whole cute thing. Now, the guys, the bricklayers, were these real tough three Italian brothers. They were tattooed like from Amish from head to toe. And like tough guys. That's a hard job. And they were tough guys. They were so cute, these bricklayers. They're like talking to each of the kids. What's your name? The kid says, you know, Menachem Yitzchak. <laughs> and he looks at me and says, just Isaac. <laughs> so he says, Isaac. And these tough guys became so gentle. It was, the, it was really a very cute thing. And you know, to this day, because how these kids are already married, to this day the kids say to me, Rabbi, one of the most beautiful moments of my life that I can remember was putting the brick into the shoe. It's, just, it's a side note, but it's an interesting thing. I wanted that. When the person thought of that, I said, what a nine for, what a genius. That every kid should feel that I have a chelik. But Shalmach in the base of English. The Baruch Shalom says, I want everybody. You do what you can do. You get involved. The easiest thing is to write a check. The other things you can do. Everybody. The women were weaving, right? Everybody. Not just Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, not just the square Rebbe, not just Sadiqim and Gedoyim. So here, the Torah it says in, in, in Navi that Shemayim Shmesh Malei Chakalup, that the whole universe is, uh, can't contain Hashem is bigger than the universe. Hashem Melech is saying, Ah, what are, you, what are you? What is this house? And and then the Bereshit says, I want every single put down your basketball, put down your your uh, Fortnite. Put it down. I just found out about that two weeks ago. <laughs> Since then, I have three parents that told me that they don't know what to do because the kids are completely addicted. They're not sure what to do. Put down your Fortnite. Put down your basketball. Put down a brick. Ah. You're building the base of English. Get a T-shirt. I I built the base of English. And that's more than that. Listen to this. Every single posik over and over, says that when it came to the 
And when it came to the ingredients, it says Zohav Vachesef Unuchaishis, right? Gold and silver and copper. Zohav Vachesef Unuchaishis. The main ingredients gold, silver, and copper. So the Babach Rabbi asked the question in one of his sikhs around 45 years ago, he asked the question. Generally in halacha, <coughs> there's a principle. The principle is Marlon Makaidish Veloy Marid. Skimar Menach is not Tzadik Tess, but it has found many, that's the main headquarters, but it's found many places in Shas. The other Gemara talks about the machtais that were used by Karachadas or the pans that they were using. That the Torah says that they were made into tzipulamizbeach. They, they were melted down and they were used to, to, as, a, as a gold layering for the mizbeach. So there the Gemara talks about how can you do such a thing to take something from, from Kedusha Chamura to Kedusha Kala? How can you take something from a higher level of Kedusha and bring it down? The din is what? Malin Bekedusha Veloy Meridin. For instance, the, in Megillah, the Gemara talks about selling a shul. Are you allowed to sell a shul? If you sell a shul, can you use that money for, to buy sneakers or something? What would you do with that money? Or you have the Sefer Torah Shabbola. The parchment is worn out. Can you take that Sefer Torah and use the parasha, cut, it, cut the parasha and use it for Tilna Mezuzah? To a lower level of Kedusha, Sefer Torah is high. Can you do that? Because it's a, a sukkah that's found in many places in Shas. So the Rebbe asked a simple question. It's a question with the rice of the Rabban, is a prima godim. It's in Membez, in Archaim. It's a very, very big discussion in Halacha, in many places. So the, the Lubavitch over here is the Seder of Malam Bakardish would, would tell us that the order should be Nukhaishas, copper, Kesef. Silver and zohar and gold, because the most precious, of course, the most chashiv, is gold. So the order of marlin that the Torah always is talking about going higher and higher. So going higher and higher would dictate that the seder should be the chayshes, kesef, zohar, gold. But the Torah starts off zohar. That's the baby's question. And he has a Hezbo, Kedarko, Chsilis, Halach, Kabbalah. But I'm going to tell you, Pshutam Shadram is like this. Pshutam Shadram is like this. When you think back to Maimon Hasina, you try to remember Maimon Hasina. Because you and I were there. She ate snake pipe, or she ate any pipe, or she ate you try to remember Harsina. How do you remember that event of Harsina? How do you think back on Harsina? So if you ask some guys, maybe some of the guys that, that like guys who think they like, you know, Chaim Briskers, you know, you have some guys like that around? If you ask like one of these little Chaim Briskers, they always have a very serious look on them. If you ask one of the little Chaim Briskers, how do you envision Maimon Harsina? He, he might say, it was like the best sheer ever. Moshe was the Magid Shir. He was a Talmud. He learned in the, the, the Shir from Barish Shalem's Shir. And he said over the original Torah, 
filled with chidushim. So you might tell you that that was the, that the it was a big mismadrish. And you know, you can find a chazal also, there are chazals that give such an impression that, uh, that Hasina was like a big issue. But if you ask a child, or if you get past the, that, that you know, make believe external veneer of a person, what do you what do you remember about Harsinai? Most people would remember the thunder, the lightning. Most people would remember hearing Hashem Himself, whatever that means, say, "Anoich Hashem That's what most people would remember. Or what would stand out strongest? Because Lubavitcher explains. That Maimon Hasinai was not just a Shia, where the Jewish people until now didn't know something, the whole world didn't know something, and now there was some good information, some Gishmak Shia that was given. And now everybody said, Oh, it's Gvaldi. It's Gvaldi Gavard. You hear that? Oh, it's a Gvaldi Gavard. That's, that's not, that, that, that's true, that did happen. There was a Shia. But that's not. It's not the, the Rebbe said that wasn't the main thing. Of course, we have to know the material. But the main thing was the event. That God, who fills and surrounds all worlds, is Mamalikalam and Sayyakalam. Lace Machshovet no mind can grasp. Lace also Ponumine, Hashemai Mishmesh the Infinite One Himself said to each and every Jew, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha, I am Hashem, your God. Not your, to the entire Jewish people, but your God, you. That means that until that time, there wasn't such a Bria in the world as Am Yisrael. There wasn't such a Bria that a physical human being that plays Fortnite and football, that, that, can't get away from the, watching the Super Bowl and also can't tear himself away from a good piece of learning. That a human being, with all of his ups and downs, all of his aliases, all of his confusion, looks like everybody else in the world. That, that there is a certain group that's called the Mamlechus Kahana Begay Kaddish. That each and every Jew contains within him gold. It's the Rebbe the Tayyash Tezach, the Choshev Tezach. Gold, the Rebbe says gold is just another way of the Torah saying that Tyrus Tezach. The Tyrus Tezach means the most precious thing in the world as a Jew. The Tyrus Tezach. Something happened at Hasinah where the Barishalom came in. And you and I are walking around with a helical coming Malmash. If we don't pay attention to it if you don't if you don't groom it think about it if you don't cultivate it if we don't attach ourselves to it if we remain stone then we could go God forbid our entire lives being oblivious you could, you could become a little rapine because that's an intellectual thing but as far as as far as having real simcha in your life because you know where simcha comes from 
does it come from Simcha? I mean, there are many, many sources we could draw from. Right now, I don't, I don't remember most of your names, but right now, if I would take one of you, with whatever you have in your life, and I would be of you, which is what you deserve. I would be of you. If I would talk to you, what's your name? David. David? If I would take David right now and I would talk to you, and you would share with me your life, and I would and I would become very, very emotional. I would say to you, David, did this the tiredest zach in my life. You're the most precious person I've ever met in my life. Which is probably true, but I, I, I would get to know you, I'm sure I would say that. It was the tiredest, tiredest zach in the world. It is gold, your gold. That would make you happy. You know why? Because you think that Weinberg is some kind of hush of the guys. You already know I'm not so hush. I know for sure that I'm not Hashem. But you think I am, because I look like I'm Hashem, right? I carry a safe, I got a big hat. Whatever whatever person does nowadays look Hashem. So I look like I'm Hashem. So that means that David will hear, will hear that this person who he's Mahshiv says to him, give us a shtick gold, a piece of gold. You should know the tire is the Zach, the Hashem is the Zach. It's David. That would make you happy. You'd walk around different the whole day. I don't know you, but I'm telling you that now even that long. And that's something that would make you happy. So the Torah, the Baruch said to each and every one of us, I've seen I, Moshe, Avram, Sarah, Rivka, do this the tires, the Zachna. You know what that was? That, what that means for the infinite one to say to you, you're the most precious thing in my life. That's Hashivas. Original was the Tachas Hashivas. Shemaim, Shemaim. So all the heavens, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say it to the Malachim. He doesn't say it to the Chayas, the Sofer. He doesn't say it, but he to every Jew, not just to, not just to Reb Chaim Kanievsky. He says to me, to Dovr, he says, who was the tiredest desachim of hell? You're the most dearest thing. You're the most precious thing. If a person, if a person is able to allow that truth to penetrate into the depths of his being, bamis. So therefore, the Rebbe says. The Seder is Zohav. Because the Bergeshlam is saying, I'm not following the rules over here. I'm telling you that this is not about having a fancy house for me. I, can't, I don't live in this house. I don't live in that. I don't, God is not physical. I don't live in, in, in an address. I live in gold. I live in gold. I live in Malchus. I live in gold. And I want you to know that you're gold. I want you to know that you're gold. One of the guys told me yesterday by the Shia that 
there was a, there's a ceremony after the Super Bowl that they that they I never saw this. I don't remember when I used to watch the Super Bowl. Nineteen sixty-eight was the last one. The Jets. I don't know if they were in it in 68, but I remember 68. But now there's some kind of a ceremony where they kiss the silver a silver football. Do any of you, you saw that? Is that the winning team kisses or both teams? I don't know. There's a kissing of, the, of a silver football ceremony. So one of the guys asked, is that enough? Is that enough? Why are you giving us such a compliment? If it is ours, of it is Kissing the silver football. You know that um, there was a terrible thing that happened last week that I didn't know about. My wife showed me a clip, a video clip. There was a beautiful Jewish family from Detroit that they were thrown off of a plane. Did you see this? You heard about this? There's a family, regular Jews, from, from people, that somebody on the plane said that they smelled bad. There's a family that has a lot of kids. I don't think they're there with their kids, maybe one or two kids. And somebody said, somebody hoping that they can make a lot of money at least out of this VCR. I'm just hoping from the airlines they should make they should make a hundred million dollars if they get to sue them. So this is what happened. And they have a film now about this family, the father in front the whole world now knows who this and, and the father said, I we showered before we came there. you know what, what does that mean? What does it mean? It means there's some old fashioned anti sound, right? And then a few people were, were grumbling, yeah, yeah, they smell. And they and the stewardess and the people from the plane had them leave the plane. 2019. There was a plane going from Detroit to Miami, or Miami to Detroit, well, I don't know which way. Leave the plane. American Airlines, I think. I don't maybe not. I think American Airlines. I don't remember. Leave the plane. What? There are people here who don't like the way that you smell. And they didn't want to make the whole Mulchama, and the family left the plane. So my wife told this to me. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I always say I couldn't believe it. You know, well, yeah, yeah. Is Yoinus for a Jewish family? No? You don't like it, then you get off the plane. But kids don't make on the plane or something? I don't know, whatever it was. Go to another seat, switch seats, whatever it is. There's an eight, there's an eight seat, you know? But tell people to get off an airplane and say Barabin, and the television came over? Leave the plane? So my wife told, told this over to me, and she showed me the clip sick. And I told my wife the following story, which I'm sharing with you now. There's a Rebbe in Yushalayim, who all of you should go to see if you get a chance. I told the Rebbe. Any of you ever meet him? Oh, he's a Tyree. He's a wonderful job. So, he's, he could talk to him about anything. His mom is a great person. So the the Talmud Rabbi now put out a sefer. As well, you saw the sefer about his grandfather that came out. Put out a whole sefer, Meisim from his grandfather, Rabbi Yochi. Skivaldiga sefer. One of the chaver brought me from Israel. They came back. Ner Chaviyadi, I think. He tells over the Torahs from his grandfather. His grandfather Rabbi Yochi was so humble that if you would spit on him, he would thank him. I once saw him. He died in the 1970s. He was born in Europe. His family took him as a kid to New York. He spoke fluent English. 
I mean, with a heavy accent, but he spoke English. He grew up in New York. Then he moved to Yerushalayim, and then to Montreal for a few years, because there was a ton of his measures that they, and Then he went back to Yerushalayim, but like the last part of his life, he was in Yerushalayim. In the 1960s, like 15 years. Rabbi and Tversky, Tony Rabbi. So, there was a Maiseh with the, with the Talna Rabbi that I saw in the safe. I told this to my wife after she showed me this clip. There's a Maiseh from Talna Rabbi that he used to have, the, there was a guy, an, an old Jew, that was a Holocaust survivor, lost everybody in his family died. And this Holocaust survivor was like a Jew that was down and out, you know, like had no money, had nothing. And he took the Rabbi, he, he took him in, he lived by the Rabbi. I don't know how long, but he lived by the Rebbe for a while. And he was a guy that was like very not regular, you know. And you know, if you sit in the street in Yushalayim, you stand there, you look for five minutes, you don't have to look five minutes to see Jews like this, right? So this seed was living by the Talna Rebbe. And it was the Pesach Seder. And the Ray the Rebbe and then the girls set it up. It was that the children and grandchildren were sitting and that they gave him a seat, this seed. They gave him a seat with their grandchildren. And the Seder was about to begin. It was already the Rebbe was standing at the front in his white bekesha and shtarmel and ready to start Kaddish Urchatz. And he sees that the grandchildren are moving their chairs away from the old guy. Like starting to edge away, you know. And the Rebbe right away got scared that, the, that he would notice it. And the Rebbe right away said to the Rebbe, how did you put our guest, Reb so-and-so, how did you put him with the children? I wanted to sit next to me. I'm not my. He has to sit next to me. So he felt like a million pounds. The guy, they slapped him right, he took him, he brought him over to sit next to the Rebbe, and then put his arm on him. And the kids were going like, and the Rebbe put his arm on him. After Yantiv, the Rebbe called in his auntie, his grandchildren to his room, and the Rebbe was always very soft, 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 but he was, he was upset. And he said, I want to understand how you could be mevayish a yid. How could you embarrass a Jew? What if he would have seen that you were moving away from him? What? what? By this, you know what I'm talking about, by the Seder. You were all trying to get away from it, from Ramayish or whatever that year. You were trying to get away from him. So the Talmud Rebbe writes, and he said that one of the grandsons said, Zaydi, he stinks. He smells bad. He smells bad. Which I'm sure that's true. He smells. So the Rebbe got up and he started pounding on the table. The Rebbe got up to his friend was mentioned. He said, Ayid shmek zayigid. Ashmek zayigid. What does that mean? You have to even understand Yiddish. It smells very good. Ayid shmek zayigid. And he just stood there and he said, You don't know how to smell a Jew. Ayid shmek zayigid. Remember that. The juice smells very good. Sometimes, you know, you can smell that on other people that they smell good. But it's very hard to smell it on yourself. You know, everybody knows his own odors, you know what I mean. Other people, so it's easier to smell the goodness of somebody else sometimes than your own. Juice smells very, very good. Zahar, gold. I eat shmeg zayigit. 
The Megillah is very busy with the Indian of smell, which I'm not going to go into right now. Mordechai is the Tagus Maradachi, which means the Bussam and Rosh, from the smell of the Ketairis. Esther's name is Hadassah, Hadassim, the smell of the Hadassim. And there's all this stuff too. But you know, when you look at the Megillah, you see Achashverus, that Hamelech means really Hashem. Mordechai is dressed up like some big politician. But it's Ishi Hudi One of the things in the Mishkan, they used to make the Mishkan, it says in this parish is Maise, it's called Maise Chayshe. Maise Chayshe, what does it mean, Maise Chayshe? It's Gemara Numa. Rashi brings down. Ms. Machlok is Rashi and Ramah. But Rashi, because there are two days in the Yushan, but Rashi says, Maise Chayshe. That on the Ureas, like on the curtains, the, the, the Mishkan, the roof, the curtains, there were. There was embroidery on one side, and it, like a, a, a kruv or a nesha or a lion. There was decorations, embroidery. And on the other side was a different embroidery. They, they look different on the outside and on the inside. But usually when you make embroidery, the beautiful things on the outside. And on the inside, it's this, you just see stitches, right? Stitches, ugly. The chashivas, or the mishkun, it's ma'isechayshev. Ma'isechayshev means that the outside and the inside were both beautiful. But they were different. It wasn't the same picture. That's the chashivas. And the outside looked one way, and the inside was also beautiful, but looked a different way. The whole story of, of, of Purim is that things on the outside are not the way they look on the inside. So on the outside, a person looks a certain way, just like you and myself, we look a certain way. Like I said before, that a person looks like anybody else, like Stami. Stami Yid. Koska said Stami is safe at Teratil Mezuzah. A Yid. A Yid smacks very good. On the outside, doesn't always smell so good. Doesn't always look so good. But Maisechesha means that a Jew is a Maisechesha. A Maisechesha means that there are two drawings there's the drawing on the outside, and there's the drawing on the inside. Nobody knows that drawing on the inside except you. And even you and I, we don't know what the drawing is on the inside. The Torah says it's gold. But you don't know what that is, and I don't know what that is. The biggest brach that I can give you is that you should be able to find that. And you give me the same brach that I should be to find it within myself, to find that drawing on the inside. Because when we find that drawing on the inside, that zahav on the inside, it's marvelous, it's not even a shayim. That the bayar elam is machshavus. The Bani Shalom is a miyakir. The the infinite one, doesn't dwell, can't fit into the whole universe and the whole solar system universe. But he doesn't, in my heart and in your heart, is Bilvavi Mishkan Ezra. Ain't There's nothing that's more chashid than that. And there's nothing that brings greater simcha to a person to know that the chashid is. That which is most tired, that is most dear, most chashed, is machshev us. So it could be that there's somebody in your life that told you, God forbid, that you're not chashev because you failed your test or something. Or you're not chashev because uh, of this midah or that midah. But when you remember that the, that the Bari Adam himself tells you, 
Zohar, your gold, you should your mamish gold, it's the chashev, 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 tire. That there's nothing more dear to me than you. When you hear that, and you feel that, then it's like Yehudim Then it's Purim. Because that's what the story of Purim is about. On the outside, it looks very different than the inside. On the outside, you don't see Hashem's name in the Megillah. But the inside, it's on fire with Hashem. Just like me and you. On the outside, you don't see necessarily. People don't see on me and you. There were such big uh, God people. Not such godly people. But on the inside... It's a miracle that you and I can even walk on the world because there's such a fire of illicus inside of us. It's a miracle that you and I can even eat a piece of physical food. That's how we have inside of us such an effort such a godliness inside of us. It's a miracle that we can even eat or breathe. That's how much illicus is inside of us. It's a miracle that we could be like regular people that we're not on fire exploding with illicus. It's a miracle that we could function. When you believe that, and Hashem opens up your heart to come to that place of believing that you'll see you'll be very happy you'll be besimcha not just that part you'll be besimcha all year round Hashem is about to bench each and every one of us that we should desire to let him in and to be able to feel that and to know that and then we can receive the Torah again like what happened in Shushan Abir but this time we'll be like Rashi says Ahabas and Eisen Simcha so we won't have to be Drag around the world anymore, we could all be together in Yushalayim where we belong. Maybe a man or a man, God. Yeah, I don't know what lunch, I don't know what my schedule is exactly. No, I think I have now a few minutes. Yeah. What's your Ready? name? What? What's your name? Daniel. Daniel? Did I say that happiness is a bad translation? It's <clears throat> the way people understand happiness? Yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's, an inc- it's incomplete. It's a shallow. You know, we have many lashinas for simcha. Gila, rina, ditsa, chedva. No. Sos and simcha. Each one is different. The Malbim. Yeah, you can look at the Malbim when he, he has in the, in the Sefer Carmel or the Malbim. He tells you the differences between all the lashinas of simcha. Simcha is not the most harsh of of joy. There are deeper lashinas. So it's not accurate to say happy. I don't know a word in English that, ca- that captures it 100%. But it's not, it doesn't get it 100%. Simcha could be that it's a, it's a, it, there's a difference of opinion between sas and simcha, which is external, which is internal. Most hold that simcha means internal joy. So it, 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 it is, but happiness very often is not an internal joy. Happiness is a, it's not internal. Internal happiness, that's simcha. Yeah. Um, What's your name? Amy. Avram? Avram. Yeah. Um, so, what are you saying on Shabbos? I gave a story of um, Shiva of Elijah, and with the, like the Shaliyah does looking for money, um, he went to the wealthy. Yeah. So, I was thinking after, after the year that, wouldn't it, like, yes, like he didn't give money to the Shaliyah and he just wanted to be Kadosh, but wouldn't that be better than like the Karb Shlom and that Rebbe was giving and saying, like, Okay, it's more of an intimate, direct relationship to Hashem or to the mitzvah. I guess the shaliach didn't get, he didn't want the shaliach to get money, but at the same time, it's more of a, it's more like a direct, you know, it's all kadosh. I understand. A, yeah. So Avram's talking about, like, uh, something you didn't hear. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this little catty corner, you know, between us. Um, I'm 
how to explain it was a, it was like a half hour drusha. Explain. Right. So I'll just I'll just say to the mizach, you know, straight. The, the thing to that nakuda, and I guess the others will not understand. But the but the, but the, what Rav Chaim was saying to this to this rich guy was that of course there's of course there's a there's a, a need and, and there's a feeling that a Jew has for a certain experience of kulay kaidish, of kulay kaidish. There is such a thing. After all, we come in Kippur and listen, listening. There are moments, there are places of kulay kaidish. But what, but what, what must have picked up right away is the guy even told him that he's a stingy guy. I don't think he's the first time I'm getting it. But he must have picked up that this guy was making such a chili between the world of Chol and the world of Kodesh that he was like off the chart. This is bad. This guy's messed up. And therefore, even his Kodesh is not Kodesh. That's what he's saying. Even his Kodesh is not Kodesh. It's a great story. You want to hear it? Yeah, the story is yeah. like this. Yeah. The story is like this. That, uh, wow, you were actually listening. It's pretty good. <laughs> you never know if someone's listening. So, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> okay. The, um, the, uh, the story that Rav Chaim, there was a, there was a, uh, the yeshiva in Velazhen was having terrible, it was the only yeshiva in Lipton, it, it was having terrible problems. And Rav Chaim sent around Mishulach and all over to try to collect money from the place. So Mishulach comes to some shtetl. And it's a very poor shtetl, people have like a dollar, you know, whatever, you know. They told him that the, the people there in the shtetl said there's one rich, rich, rich guy who has a fancy mansion on the outskirts. And this guy, he could like pay for the whole yeshiva, but he never gives any stuff to this guy. Stingy, stingy, mamish stuff. Doesn't give a penny. So this Mashullah said, I'll get him. And every Mashullah thinks, he's going to do it. So the Mashullah goes to the guy, he asks where does he dive, he finds out where he dives, he after dive, and he says, oh, can I talk to you about the yeshiva again? You try to get money out of me? You, they didn't tell you? I don't give anything. Next day, Shachas, Mechemarv. Finally, the guy invites him. He can't take it anymore, the guy. He says, all right, all right, just come to my house. And the Chavah couldn't believe it, that he actually got an invitation to the guy's house. So he goes to the house, and um, he goes to the guy's house, and he starts working on him, and he comes around. Now he's going to come around. He says, okay, I'll tell you what. And he, he gives, he names, I don't know, he names like an enormous amount of money. He's going to pay for the Yeshiva for like five years, to run the and the, the Meshulach is gold, right? But the guy says, I'm giving it on one condition. I know that all the Meshulachim take a percentage. That's how they make a living, right? No percentage. I want this to go completely for Tyre. I'm not giving you the money because I don't trust you. I'm going to go to Rebchaim and and give me. So the guy said, but, but it's no, nothing. I'm not giving you anything. This is for holy. This is for the yeshiva. So he, um, so the guy said, "Okay, okay, Baruch Hashem, thank you, thank you for giving yeshiva." So this guy goes to, he goes to Velazhen, and he goes to Reb Chaim Velazhen. He tells him, "Look, I'm not about stucca. The the day the story, the Mishnah came, and uh, I want to give this money to the yeshiva." Chaim Velazhen says, "Oh, thank you so much." As well, but then the guy said, "But Rebbe, I know the Mishnah is going to come to you." And I, I want you to know, Rebbe, that I made it tonight. I'm only giving this money 
if it's completely for learning Torah, for Kaidish. Not for this. I don't want this Mashul to get any cut. So Ham put his hand on the money and he made a face and he said, Give it back to me. He said, A carbon for a guy. A guy is a carbon. I don't want it. A carbon for a guy. So the guy said, It's the first time in my life I'm giving tzedakah. Why would you say that? He says to Ham why is it a carbon for a guy? So he said, Because Ham said, that a guy can also bring carbonas. They can only bring the carbon oil. And oil goes completely on the Mizbech and is burned up to Shemai. But a Jew could also bring a carbon shlom, which was which was revealed to us by Maimon Hasinai. A Jew could also bring a carbon shlom. And shlom, you give you give part of it, the emurim go on the Mizbech, and the park goes, the chayt, the chazayim, the chazayim, goes to the kayin, and then the bailim, the person can eat it with his family, can eat the, the rest of the carbon, the meat he could eat. But you're, what you want to do to give that is only for holy, holy, only for the learning, and you don't, again, you don't want this mashur to be able to pay his rent, to get some kugel for Shabbos, the Rabbi says, do me a favor to carbon for Nagoy. I don't want it for you, I don't need such a carbonus. This is a guy give carbonus. A Jew doesn't give a carbonus. When a Jew does for God, he does for a friend also. Being a Jew means, that's why I explained the passion of Shabbatim is after years. That Mishpatim is, is about helping other people, doing for other people. My man is saying, oh, Kedusha, big Kedusha, big Kedusha. So that's what is asking us. But isn't Kedusha is a very big thing? Yeah, but this guy wasn't in the right place. That's why Rav Chaim was telling him, no, no, no. Yiddishkeit. Rav Chaim knows about Kedusha. You say, but that's not what Yiddishkeit is, just like that. Yiddishkeit means that the Vershom is Nachis and you could tell the Jews. And the Vershom doesn't need uh, you to give him everything. He wants you to. He wants you, not just, not just the. Uh, you know, I was saying in the shul, there are people that they, there are people that, that they, they like to come daven in the shul, they like to come learn in the shul, but they don't want to have to pay for the air conditioning. You know, they don't want to have to give money for the heating of the shul. Because I was yelling at the guys that they should come to the dinner and help pay for the dinner. So I said, the people, you come to the shul, you learn, you daven, cough it up, you know. You don't forget other Jews. There are people that, that, that people here that, that they have to get paid. You pay them, take care of things. Yeah. Moshe, so Moshe. would you have any advice for us in why sometimes we have like bad times this year with work and stuff to bring a little bit of Adar every day? Like, would, there, would you have any strategies for us to do that? To experience a little bit of Simcha of Adar every day? Yeah. You should try to be in the Shia of Rabbi Belazan. <laughs> try to be in that Shia. And you'll be able to experience every day some Adar. And, and your Rabbi will also, there should be every day. There should be every day, hopefully, that each person, that each and every one of you would take two minutes, two minutes of the day, one minute of the day, and not that doesn't be every day, it's already big. Just talk simple, is baidadus, Hashem is baruch. A little bit is baidadus, to talk to Hashem about what you're going through in life. You said sometimes you have a bad day, I know. I also have sometimes bad days. But talk to the Vaishnav about it. Develop that kind of a kesher where you could spend, you'll see that, that if you spend a minute or two, three minutes a day, a little bit without anybody knowing or watching. Just between you and the Vaishnav. When I, I was I was to be last week in in uh, in Florida. I was actually by your Rebbe's mother's there and brother. And, and I and I told them that that the shul without putting out an album. Did any of you hear any of the music from this? this uh, you heard the niggin? You heard the, from the Shir, yeah. yeah. from the Shir, right. Should I play it for the guys? Sure. Is that all right? 
So I have Talmidim. I have some. I have, I'm zeched to have some wonderful Talmidim and friends. And um, and actually, I better find out when I'm if I'm supposed to be somewhere now. Let me just check for a second. Schedule eleven. Oh boy. I was supposed to be someplace at 11. I don't know. I thought I was supposed to be at 11.30. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> plan B. So, so when I was in, when I was in uh, Florida, maybe there's somebody outside there, isn't it? Don't, no eye contact. No eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, so there's, a, there's an album that have these have Talmud and Some of them you know probably Shlomo, Shlomo Katz and Eitan Katz, the brothers, the holy brothers, right? And Yosef Kaduna, you heard of. Chaim David, you heard of. David Weinberg, right? You know, the, and they're looking at I'm supposed to. <laughs> All right, that's the only, yeah. I got mixed up. <laughs> So fun, I got mixed up. I thought it had to be 11:30. What? Cancel the next time. So what I, I'm supposed to be 11 there. 11. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't do it at 11:30 to have shiur. Uh, Could you yeah. ask him if I can come at 11:30? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So um. There's a. There was a musician that. that I never met in my life. It's, it's almost impossible to, to, to get there because we were supposed to meet once in, in, when I was in, in, in Arizona <coughs> giving a shoe and, I, and he didn't show up. He was supposed to come. His name is Michal Shapiro, Michael Shapiro. And he has Nagunim in the 1980s. That he does not, you can't buy in any store. You can't buy them in a the store. These, these, uh, there, are, there are six albums. One of them he doesn't, you, can't, you can get it online. But one of them he stopped sending out. Which I thought was the best one. For some reason, he doesn't want to continue. He has nagunim that are not like anything I've ever heard in my life. When I asked him Shlomo Kalbach, I remember I had a conversation with Shlomo Kalbach. I asked, him, "What do you think about Michal Shapiro?" Shlomo Kalbach just went, "Oh, <laughs> not crazy." This Michal Shapiro, he sort of disappeared from the planet. And it's a whole story with him. I'm not going into it. He, by the way, he he knows about this. We, we contacted him. He was very excited. He gave his shoes and so on. I wanted for many years that uh, that these guys. Shlomo Neitan, Zushas also does one of the songs, that they should, that his music should begin to be reproduced. He won't do it, but to get, let us reproduce the music, which according to the, the law in America, you don't have to have Rishus as long as you put the name, but he gave Rishus. So this album is going to be coming out. Maybe some of you heard the, the, the Nigan, Meshorah Hachuva, that, that's Shlomo Katz's Nigan that he actually gave me as a birthday present last year, that Nigan two years ago, Meshorah Hachuva. So that's the album is called Meshorah Hachuva. And each nigun there, the other nigun besides Meshara Chu are all from Michal Shapir. So this one is really what I'm talking to you about. This what this shmuz was about. So let me just play you this nigun, and I have to run for my life. <laughs> <laughs> this. Okay, you have to listen to it like ten times. I can't do that now. So yeah. all of Michal Shapiro's music you have to listen to many, many times. But here's just, this is Rabdavidal Weinberg singing. You know Rabdavidal? Yeah. That's what Moshe Tzvi's little brother, Rabdavidal. Okay. He's singing this. But it's Michal Shapiro's song.
Sorry.